Isn't buying real estate during a global pandemic risky? Thanks for asking, Lisa. Great, great consideration. However, know that the risk is in the investor investing in real estate, not in the pandemic. So I would say, no, it's not risky if you know what you're doing and take calculated risk. Hey, 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 welcome to today's show on The Real Tea Talks with Tai hosted by investor queen Tai. On this show, Tai aims to empower women, wives, and working parents with financial literacy fueled by real estate investing. Are you ready to learn how to create generational wealth and leave a legacy for your family? Go to www.wholesalingai.com. Now, for today's episode, here's your host and investor queen, Tai. everyone. Thank you so much, so much, so much. I am so glad to be back. If you haven't noticed, T-Talks has been on a little bit of a hiatus just because so much is going on. Like I can't even begin to explain from over 12 projects at once and over 24 different escrows plus projects at one time. I mean, we get super swamped. I never want that to have to compromise our time spent teaching and giving back through this podcast and really educating and empowering everyone on the show that listens and takes their time to value the information and their education. I never want that to really be compromised, but the reality is sometimes it is. So for those of you like, what is going on? I haven't heard from her. I haven't heard her energy. I haven't heard her information in almost a month now. It hasn't been quite a month, but trust and believe it does feel like forever. If I go even over four days, I'm already like, when was my last episode? What more value can I add? What else should I be teaching them? All of these things go through and permeate my mind all the time. So I want to be able to give you guys this information because as we come out of, at the time of this recording, it is the first day of the Women's Month for history. Now, I know you're like, wait, what? So for those of you who are on a different planet or live under a rock or just are not aware, today, meaning March the 1st, is officially the first day of Women's History Month. So all month long, we have 31 whole days to bring you information on empowerment through real estate investing to build generational wealth and fuel financial futures and financial independence, as well as time freedom for women. We're dedicating this month, not only just, uh, you know, on the Realty Talk Show, but in general, it is a nationally known and recognized day. So how about that? And even month, I mean, not day, but month. Okay, so we come out of Black History Month, which was February, and now into Women's History Month, right? That's just awesome back to back. So on today's show, I really want to be able then to talk to you guys, women specifically, but in general, about buying your first rental property during COVID-19 pandemic. Now, you might be thinking, well, is now the right time to buy or in my market this or that or the other? Stop it. Just stop it. Stop and really take a deep breath press pause, get ready to get some information that I hope can be life-changing or at least for this week, set your week straight and on fire to do 
something differently, to think differently so you can have differently, have more and be able to explore all of the wonderful world through the lens of real estate because real estate can be that vehicle to get you there. So let's get into it. Now, does that mean for today's show, if you've bought a piece of real estate already in the past or in the process of doing so already right now, that you should stop and not listen to this episode? Absolutely not. It's if you're buying your first or next or looking to scale or looking to get into a different type of property. All of those are reasons for you to listen to this episode. As a result, I hope that you take away three key things that should empower your journey no matter where you're at along the real estate investment journey. So the first thing I want you guys to take away from this episode is in regards to real estate, you know, it may be facing challenges right now because of this global pandemic that's going on, but it doesn't mean that first time or next time investors can't buy their rental real estate and continue to build their rental portfolio of properties to produce cash flow, to supplement incomes, to replace incomes, to fuel financial futures. All of those things are still possible despite the global pandemic that we're in. So that's number one. Number two is fewer home buyers in the market are making distressed sellers extremely desperate to sell to anybody. So that presents a very unique and advantageous buying opportunity for buyers, right? Because of this fact that all of this craziness is going on, right? Sellers are really motivated, especially in certain markets that are buyer markets right now. Okay, those sellers in those markets are extremely motivated. Now, what pause and what do I mean by buyer's market? It just means that the available inventory of properties available is higher than the number of buyers in that market that are buying them, right? So they have stale listings, they have stale inventory, meaning properties are spending a longer time, longer days on the market than in other markets because there's not enough people buying. How would you like to fill that gap and bridge that gap so that you can become that buyer in that market for those opportunities? That would be awesome, right? So that's what we're talking about. That's number two. Now, number three, I hope that you get out of this episode is in regards to finding the right rental property, because that is one of the biggest factors that often determines a good deal from a bad deal, a good investment from a bad investment. So what is that right rental property profile? Well, I'll give you a sneak preview and a hint on that one. It has to do with the market, the local market, the location of that property in that market, okay, and the local economy overall in that market. Did you hear all of that? That centers around market and economy versus property. That's huge, and that's a very big misunderstanding that new or even seasoned investors often undervalue or overlook, or both, right? So it becomes the market and the local economy of that market matters more in that metro area than the property itself, all right? So let's get into why and delve deeper into these three key points. Now, first and foremost, the COVID-19 pandemic for most of the market, most markets have, you know, at this point, effectively marked this moment in history as a period of really pain with a lot of 
a tremendous uncertainty that is just permeating the market, okay? It's it's causing buyer hysteria and, and spurring into action for, for buying new properties to take advantage of cheap debt that they can get for acquiring those properties. It's spurring sellers into crazes like putting their houses on the market, taking it back off and not knowing what to do, getting stagnated in this whole frizzing, you know, fantasy of uncertainty. Now, this is a time when everything seems unclear, like I said, to most people, but not all. And they just don't know at this point what is really next to come and then how to navigate through these turbulent times in real estate and in the market to find the opportunities that still can be lucrative for you. Now, on the other hand, right, this is a period when people can make critical financial decisions to either build generational wealth or to destroy it. Okay. Now, investing in real estate during COVID can be a very scary thought. But if you're following the right steps, having a systematic approach to your investment and a plan that you're following, okay, a roadmap that can really make the process a lot more smooth a lot more relaxing and a whole lot more exciting, not to mention a whole lot more profitable, right? So if if with all of these guidelines that COVID is requiring to be imposed on us, carefully placing your expectations, your time and your money is of primary and highest priority that should be on your radar right now. There's all of these guidelines being posted all over the United States from COVID. There's restrictions that are also being relaxed in some other cities across the country. And investors, especially first-time buyers, now have the green light, basically, to acquire rental property and kickstart their investment journey with very cheap access to capital. But but it does come with, you know, the pros and cons, right? The the con may be that now the there is this kind of higher sticker price on properties in most markets. What do I mean by that? That just simply means that the price of real estate is inflated right now, right? They're artificially high prices because of the fact that that we have access to this cheaper debt to acquire it. Okay. So that's why most of the market is very hot right now. And it's in most Uh, markets nationwide, it's a seller's market, right? Meaning that the seller actually has the upper hand because there's so many buyers in the market that they get to name their price at this point. And properties are selling for so high over listing price, uh, listing value, uh, I'm sorry, listing price on the market and even higher, even off market right now, which is insane. It's insane. So if you're a first time home buyer or investor, there are some tips that will help you to successfully acquire a rental property during this pandemic. And even for those of you already actively acquiring property, you may need to pivot, right? Like other people in other industries, you may need to change your strategy, change your approach, change your exit strategy overall without compromising your overall investment plan. But in order to not compromise the plan, you first have to have one, right? So that's number one, have an investment plan. Do not enter the market blindly, 
just freestyling. That is not the way to build a massive empire or even a small portfolio of properties that produce positive cash flow. Before anything else, you really need a well-designed investment plan that gives a clear step-by-step strategic roadmap for you to follow so that you can acquire your first, or like I said, your next rental property. It can be super challenging and daunting and even tough to arrive at a desirable destination. But if you have a coach or a mentor to help you really create that solid real estate investment business plan that reveals the goals you intend to achieve, right? And you and your family's financial future, then it really will start to look a whole lot brighter if you're not going in blind. So really just be sure to put some thought into creating your strategic business plan, which let me tell you, it should include what I like to call it as the following four core elements that our team even uses to refine and reflect on our plan, our overall investment plan for the company, but also individually as investors. So here they are, the four core elements to your investment plan that you want to make sure it includes. Number one, you may have heard it time and time again, so I'm going to start it off with this one since it is super important. What are you doing all of this for? Higher only second to your why are you doing this is the monthly income goal that you have to have, know, and set and stick to for financial freedom. The reason why you're doing all of this means that you want to be able to quit your job usually. So you have more than anything time freedom to enjoy doing and having what you want to do, where you want to go and what you want to have. So you really want to put some thought into creating this monthly income goal of how much is it actually going to take you to be financially free, meaning that you do not have to work at all, but your bills will be paid. Now, for some of you, it might be $1,000 or 3,000. Well, actually, let me hold up. Let me take that back. I don't know where you're going to live if your goal is $1,000. I don't know what bill I can pay. Maybe like my, me and my four girls, you know, hair bill. Okay. Maybe that's the bill it can pay. But in all seriousness, a thousand won't cut it. For most of you, you're going to be probably somewhere on the lower end between three and five thousand. A common comfortable number for a lot of people is ten thousand. And some more aggressive plans, depending on what goals you and your family have, right, or you have for your family, maybe upwards of fifteen thousand to twenty five or thirty thousand. Right. So it's individual. It's really individual. You want to make sure that you know what it is for you. Now, if that means sitting down on the Sunday with a cup of coffee or tea and and and, you know, being able to grab your wife, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, whomever it is that you're doing this with and or for. Uh, If anybody, right, if you don't have that business partner or support system, then you can do this by yourself for the time being, right? Or you can grab a mentor or a coach to help keep your focus on having this plan, solidifying this number in your plan to fuel your plan. Okay. So you want to pencil it out, right? You want to get down to the pennies and cents. You want to know what is that monthly income goal? And of course you can round it for easy math, but initially you want to pencil it out, right? You want to know, Hey, what are all the bills that I'm paying every single month that I'm like, Oh goodness, I have to pay this new bill or this other bill or this new bill or something, right? You don't 
want to have to pay those. But what if there was a way that you can comfortably pay those bills without having to work to generate the money to pay them? What is that number, right? For, so all of your stuff included, meaning your your rent, right? Or your mortgage, your insurance, your taxes, your gas or transportation, your maintenance and repairs your, on your property, even if you're renting, um, your children's tuition for school, if they're in private school like mine, uh, you know, tr- family trips, if you wanna be able to take at least one vacation as a family uh, weekend getaway per month and you need 500 to 1,000 to or 50, $1,500, depending on your family size to do that. All of those numbers, your cable included phone bill, right? All of those numbers you want to crunch. You want to pencil it out and say, hey, what is that total number without inflating it, without adding some fluff to it? What is my break even, right? What is that magical number? Okay. So that's the first component of the plan. Even Only second to the why you even want to get started investing in real estate. Why are you doing this, right? The second component of this plan needs to be about your timeline, the timeline you really want to have and employ to achieve this income goal. Okay, so if your number and your magical number is $10,000 a month, okay, and $10,000, I'm told that all the time, almost every day, at least one person said, man, if I can just have $10,000 per month, I would be totally comfortable and happy to be able to focus on X, Y, and Z, or, or, you know, be able, I don't want to be a millionaire, I don't have to be, right, all I want is at least 10 grand per month coming in comfortably so I can pay my bills, right, and be in the positive every month, not robbing Peter to pay Paul, right, so let's use $10,000, now, if that's your financial freedom number for your monthly income goal, your first goal, because that can change, then the second thing you want to narrow in on is that timeline, like, how long do you want it to take you to start generating that income, is it three months, six months, nine months, 12 months, 24 months, how long do you have, right, for some of you, you have a job already, so for you, Right. In that case, you're like, I just want to get off my job. Well, realistically, you want to be able to replace your income before you jump ship, before you call it quits. Right. So give yourself some time. Don't be unrealistic. Don't be super, super aggressive because then you're selling you may be setting yourself up for failure. Right. So a comfortable beginner goal should be at least 12 months, in my opinion. Right. That's what our team uses. That's what my personal family used um, in regards to timeline is a 12 month timeline. Okay. now, after you have your financial freedom number for your monthly income goal and then you have your timeline that you want to achieve that goal within the third thing you need to have included in your plan, your investment plan is what we're talking about is your current available resources that you have, if any. Now this, when I say resources, some people may lift an eyebrow or frown a face or, you know, scrunch or scratch their head because they're like, what are you talking about? Resources. This doesn't have to just mean capital or cash on hand. Resources can mean anything. It can mean a variety of things. It can mean human resources, meaning do you have children that are Uh, teenagers or of age to help chip in with stuff to cut costs? Do you have family or friends or others who are interested in the business who can potentially partner with you in your journey? Do you have a 401k plan or IRA plan, a retirement account that you haven't tapped into and you don't know what the returns it is producing every year on an annual basis that you would like to see how can you potentially double that return, which you have no control over by self-directing it into a self-directed retirement account instead of a traditional one. 
Like that's a whole other topic I can talk about uh, separately, but it does exist. That reality exists and it is a resource, right? Your retirement account, money that you've worked for and accumulated, but you can't see or touch. So make a list of those resources. Now, the fourth and not final, but fourth of these kind of four core elements that I'm talking about to including your overall investment plan is how you intend to exit your deals. Do you intend to wholesale or do you intend to renovate and flip properties right off the uh, out the gate? Right. Or do you plan to um, uh, build your rental portfolio by acquiring cash flow producing properties? Right. That are positive cash flow, especially at the time that you're closing on them, that you're buying them, right? You really want to harp on just one until you gain momentum and, and income from that one to fuel the next goal that you have, right? So it can be the stair step effect, but you want to have at least one intended exit strategy for that deal. Wholesale, rehab slash flipping or rental real estate. We're going to take a short intermission. I know I've been talking to you guys about a lot of information. Refill your coffee or teacups, get some breaks, uh, get a break, stretch your you know, brain and your body and go use the bathroom, do what you have to do. We're going to take a quick break and then we are going to come back and keep on talking about the next step in creating your investment plan. This is going to get so good. So you guys do not want to miss it. Stay tuned until about 60 seconds after this break. Sit tight. We're going to take a brief break, about 60 seconds, and I'll be right back with that answer. Okay, well, welcome back. So for those of you just joining or needing a quick recap, so far today we're talking about having an an investment plan when you're buying your first rental property, especially during COVID, okay? We went over having an investment plan and setting the goals, but now we're gonna talk about the next step, taking the next step and actually creating that investment plan based on your business plan, your overall goals for investing in the first place, your why is what it's often called, right? So this process should actually begin with determining your investment buying criteria, okay? And that does include, and it's not limited to only the following like four core components of your overall investment and marketing plans that we really like to chunk these things into. There's four different buckets, if you will, like think of it in terms of that. The first section or bucket or whatever you want to call it, the first uh, component may Maybe even is your market selection. Okay. It's the market you want to actually invest in. You have to know that you don't want to start off thinking that you're going to invest in five different markets, right? Or even three for that matter. You really want to narrow down on just one when you're first starting out. As you do more deals, expand your territory, expand your footprint. However, when you're starting out, the best, most effective marketing is even done to to maximize your marketing dollars even is to select and stick with just one market. The second tier or bucket is your budget, okay? That's important, right? Your marketing and your buying budget really are important when it comes to 
being able to plan and effectively have a plan, but also have a budget, right? A budget that will allow you to market, allow you to make decisions, allow you to know where you're at and where you're ultimately trying to get. Okay. The third thing you want to make inclusive of these plans is really the property type, the type of properties that you want to invest in that will really produce your desired financial results in the shortest amount of time. Right. So that means if for some of you, that may mean single family residences. For others, it might mean small multifamily two to four units. For others, it might even mean more of your multifamily larger units that are five plus units. Right. For me right now and my family, for our goals, it's an eightplex, right? So that is what you need to decide. It's individual for you. Does that mean that in in the grand scheme of things, only one person in the world is going to have one type of property as the, the type of property that produces the returns that they're looking for in order to create their financial freedom? Absolutely not. That would be ridiculous, right? But it does mean that you want to narrow the scope so that when you get mobile homes or manufactured homes and things like that or raw land that come across your desk as, 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 as deals or presented to you as deals, you just completely, uh, you know, shun those out or, or, or look past those because again, they're going to serve as more of a distraction, a hindrance than a help to help you get and meet your financial goals. Okay. So don't get distracted by spreading yourself too thin. The fourth tier, the fourth bucket is that you really want to make sure inclusive of your investment and marketing plans, you have your target return on investment, otherwise known as like your ROI that you're aiming for, right? For some of you, that might mean a cash flow of at least $150 a month if you're in lower um, uh, price point homes. For some of you, it might mean 200, 300. Some of you it might mean five or $600, right? It really depends on the price point, the target, the types of properties and the budget that you have in the market that you select. You kind of see how all of these are starting to be interconnected and how they build like one builds on top of the other thing. That's how it's supposed to be, right? That's what creates your comprehensive or even your strategic buying criteria, your investment plan, which fuels your marketing plan, right? So your marketing dollars go further right? You get to do more with less. Having all of these, um, especially the first two steps of goal setting, right? And then creating the plan based on those goals. Once you have that piece figured out, it really does allow you to gain the confidence, the clarity, and even the momentum that you're going to need to help you launch or even scale your investment journey while also enjoying the journey. Remember, don't let the deal determine your plan make sure the deals you do fits into your plan, okay? It's not the deciding factor, it's a contributor. Now, now that we have those two things off the table and kind of handled and we we understand those two concepts of goal setting, right? And we also get that we need a plan. Well, now what? What's the next step that you need to take? Well, the natural next step that you should take 
would be finding rental property online. In this whole age of COVID right now, virtual is the very next best thing you can do. Okay, second to only being in person seeing properties. For some of you, you rather have that in-person kind of see, touch, feel uh, experience when you're buying, especially your first property, whether it be your primary residence or a rental property. But it is limited. It's still happening, but it is limited. So again, the next best thing you can do is surf online. And as this whole pandemic continues to lose its magnitude in, in, in most parts of the country, social distancing is still a thing, right? It's still one of the best ways to keep the virus at bay is what they tell us. So you still want to practice that to the extent that you can, even when it comes to your home search. So in order to avoid all of this physical contact that may even prolong restrictions in our everyday lives, it is best for first-time homebuyers to really find their choice of rental properties online and make virtual viewings, virtual offers, and closing their you know, deals virtually the new norm right? You have to adapt to the times. Change is inevitable. So you have to kind of ride that wave. Now, if you want to, you know, go in person still and disregard those, those sensitivities when it comes to guidelines, then hey, that's your business, right? But just know there is an alternative. Now, the internet has evolved to a point where people can actually interact and still be able to conduct these safe transactions online from anywhere that they are in the world, right? Including from the the comfort of your own couch. So why not? Why not be able to start your search online like over 50% of other home buyers do? Okay, there's so many resources. There's a plethora of resources available right at your fingertips from online auctions to white uh, online white pages to social media, the Craigslist, the the uh, excuse me, the the Facebook, the the LinkedIn's and Twitters and Instagram, even TikTok has a, a bunch of advertisements centered around real estate. Right, you just can't avoid it unless you live under a rock. Okay, so after you start to search the internet and find online some rental properties that you may be interested in, now it comes to analyzing those properties. Right, the next step is that you need to really analyze analyze the property so that you end up purchasing the right property, not just a property, okay? Regardless of the present and even the past economy, buying the right property is absolutely critical, absolutely, to your long-term real estate investment success. After everything we've been through during this whole COVID pandemic, nobody, nobody wants to fall victim to buying the wrong property at the wrong time or even at the wrong price and even worst of all, in the wrong location. So to ensure a particular property is the right one for your investment goal, really take the time to search local directories and really keep an open mind and the factors that make a property the quote unquote right one. Now you may be thinking, well, how do I know that? How do I know what the right property is, right? For a lot of you, especially if you're new, you're not going to know those things, right? Well, let me help you again, narrow the scope narrow the focus on at least four. For some reason, I don't know. Four is just my magic number. I just always think in terms of four and it always ends up that way, okay? And there's no difference here 
in regards to picking the right property. The first component of that that selection process is the market, right? The local economy. You've probably, if you've heard uh, any of the past episodes, heard me say that markets are, our real estate is hyper-local, right? It's localized. It's not national. It's not the same in every market. So it really depends on the market. You look at the market, the health of the economy there, the jobs, the main manufacturers, the main players, the main employers in a market that dictates the stability and the strength of that market, which in turn affects the real estate. Because why? It tells you, hey, are people actually making enough here to be able to afford my rental rate? right? That stabilizes your passive income and minimizes your headaches from having vacancy loss. So the market is senior to location, to the property, to even the cash flow or return on your investment. Okay. So market first. The second criteria that you need to look at is the location of the property. Okay. Only second to, to the market is the location, the actual neighborhood subdivision location of the particular properties that you're looking at. Okay. You want to make sure that even from street to street in in some markets, a lot of markets, it can be very vastly different, right? You don't want to get caught on the wrong side of the racetracks. Okay. That's something that I was told and something I actually like to this day to think about when purchasing properties, right? Am I on the right side of town? Am I in the right neck of the woods, so to speak, right? Okay, so the third thing then is the leverage you can get to finance the purchase of the property. Now, why is leverage important? Well, I just had the other day, um, one of my very close friends and even a family member too, asked me, well, hey, what the heck is leverage? I hear it all the time, but what does it actually mean? It just means that you are able to buy something with money that you either don't have or you prefer not to use. It's usually used in the context of investing, specifically even real estate, right? You leverage money, other people's money, right? By getting a loan. It just means being able to buy or build usually an investment portfolio, okay? Using other people's money to finance your purchase of those properties, Okay, so in regards to banks, they do it all the time. When you make deposits into the bank, do you think they just sit on that money and wait for you to come withdraw it? No, absolutely not. What they do is they lend it out. They have a ratio at which they lend it out. For some reason, it's slipping my head. Maybe the time of the night it is right now. However, they lend it out on a ratio basis. It's usually a one to 10, okay? That means that for every $1 that you deposit of your hard-earned money into the bank, okay, they lend it out 10 times that much. That means they're making loans off of your deposits, but not sharing the profits from those loans, from that passive income, right? It's debt on your balance sheet, perhaps, but it's income on theirs, right? Because they're only paying you, okay, just maybe a half a percent, a quarter of a percent on every dollar that you deposit, but they're making in return four, five, six, seven, eight percent even sometimes on every dollar you deposit. 
okay? Because they're lending it out at that ratio of leverage. That is an example of leverage. They're leveraging your money to make more money, okay? Now, again, that point was about leverage because why is that important? Well, every lender and every type of lender does not fund in every market. A lot of the lenders we deal with will not fund in Denver or in Philadelphia for some reason. Well, look at the market. Look at the location of the properties that you're bringing to the lender. Look at the leverage, right? How much access to capital are you actually going to have in a particular market? Another example is Baltimore City. A lot of lenders steer clear of there, right? But there's great loan programs, great lending opportunities for investors to participate in, in Baltimore, in Denver, right? In these kind of more hard markets to find financing, but they exist. So don't let that deter you, but also don't don't be remiss of that, okay? So you do wanna start out investing just to kind of um, lower your threshold or your barrier, I would say, to entering into a market of, hey, are lenders actually lending there, okay? And then the fourth criteria you want to consider when purchasing the right property or evaluating properties so that you do purchase the right one is the cash flow. The cash flow performance of the property or what's called the NOI, the net operating income. Okay, you want to make sure that again, it goes back to, hey, what type of return or cash flow or cap rate am I looking for in order to justify me investing into this property? Now, if you're not familiar with NOI or net operating income and what that means, the calculation, it's just a mathematical equation, pretty simple, is where you take the gross income of the property from the rents collected by the uh, from the tenant paying the rent and you subtract it from the gross expenses. Now, everything in real estate is usually calculated on an annualized basis. That means every year. So let's say, for example, the tenant is paying $1,000, okay? Well, to calculate the NOI, you would take that $1,000 and multiply it by 12 months because there's 12 months in a year. And I just told you everything for these calculations in real estate math are annualized, okay? That means calculated based on an annual 12-month basis. So you take the $1,000 or the the monthly rental income, you multiply it by 12 for the 12 months, then you ask the seller for usually a rent roll in order to see what the income is, the gross income and the gross expenses. Expenses should usually be anywhere from 30 to 50% of the annual gross income, the GOI, gross operating income, okay? So for safety, usually if the if, if these properties are being, the rental property is being self-managed, okay, then usually you can just bet your bet, you bet that, you know, the, the owner, right, is not going to have their accounting in order. They're usually not if they're self-managed. So they may not have accurate numbers or they may not have numbers at all, which is a little scary, right? However, however, whatever the case may be, you can safely use at least 40%. So right in the middle between the 30 and 50 uh, mark that I'm talking about, right? You want to make sure that you're using a conservative but realistic number for expenses, okay? That means that 40% of all of the income you receive in a year, collecting it from your rents, is going to go towards expenses, 
okay? Your taxes, your insurance, your property management, any vacancy loss, okay, um, that you have. Uh, and re- those are all classified as expenses, including property management is what we include in expenses as well, okay? So again, to calculate the net operating income, you take the monthly rents collected, the monthly gross rent, in our example, we're saying $1,000, multiply that by 12 for 12 months to get the annual gross income, that would be $12,000. Then you subtract 40% or whatever the expense total annually is, and that, my friends, equals your NOI, your net operating income. So you want to look at that number. It's one of the, if not the most important numbers in all of real estate math, especially when you come to the buy and hold side of the world of real estate. Okay. So you want to get very, very familiar calculating it, very, very comfortable knowing and talking about it and even asking for those numbers because it dictates the cash flow performance on a property. So you definitely have to know that number. Okay, you don't have to be a mathematician, but you definitely still have to know how to calculate your NOI. Gross operating income minus gross um, minus gross uh, expenses equals your net operating income. Okay, so again, just to recap those four uh, points of how to evaluate um, properties or deals is number one, the market, look at the local economy. Number two, the location of the property. Number three, the leverage you can get to finance the purchase of the property. And number four, the cash flow performance of the property or the NOI. Okay. Now, what is the next step? We have our investment plan. We have our goals set that dictate that plan. We are looking online to find the right type of rental properties. We're evaluating the properties as we find them to find the right one, not just anyone. The last step that I want to talk to you guys about is actually the first and most important. It's partnering with a real estate advisor or a coach. It expedites your success, it minimizes your learning curves, and it builds the momentum you're going to need when things get tough or confusing or challenging, right? You should have someone who has walked the shoes you're looking to walk, okay? The real estate market can be a bit complicated, I am not going to lie, okay? And as a first-time investor, you really don't want to leave anything to chance. There's way too much at risk and way too much money that you can lose and way too much time that you can lose as well. And in real estate, time is one of your biggest, if not the biggest commodity that you have. So you don't want to waste it, okay? Most markets are completely saturated and that is why you need an experienced real estate advisor, in my opinion, to really guide you in marketing for lead generation efforts, for your deal analysis, for decision making, and even for going from contracts to closing right? Whether or not you have research skills or, or maybe you still need a professional coach or mentor who knows how to analyze and evaluate data, right? To ensure that you end up with nothing less than a property that's performing, that can generate that positive return on your investment and keep your money in the black. Okay. So one good Um, one good turn deserves another, right? You want to keep on turning your capital in order to ensure a positive return on your investments that you're doing, even if you're wholesaling and just starting out, okay? Even if you're just starting out by marketing for leads, every dollar in should produce $2 back into your pocket, 
okay? So that you're not just breaking even, even though that's a good sign, but you're actually profitable. Now, if you do it right the first time, you can replicate the process and your success to really build this passive income portfolio of cash flow positive investment properties in rental real estate, even through COVID. This is in return, it's creating that consistent monthly income for yourself, for your family, so you can get off of that job, so you can retire early, so you can travel more, so you can have more, do more, live more, right? Enjoy yourself more because, you know, that that type of thing actually matters. It absolutely does. Overall, it's helping you to have more and create more time freedom, more financial freedom to really start to get serious about building generational wealth, even in the midst of a global pandemic such as COVID, right? Don't let that deter you. Don't let that upset you. Don't let control what you can control. And listen, you can control a lot if you focus on less, right? And narrow the scope, just like we said, narrowing the market. You really wanna also narrow the scope, okay, of what you can control so that it actually seems doable, right? If your dream is to provide an amazing life and legacy for yourself and your family and, and have maybe infinite returns for several from several different uh, income streams, including rental property investments, then you definitely want to take the next step of finding and partnering with a real estate advisor, a coach, a mentor, someone to walk you through the ropes, help you expedite your success, right? Help you learn the value and necessity of patience right? Help you to select your markets, create a marketing and investment plan, find and analyze deals so you're buying and investing in the right ones and to help you remain cash flow positive. I hope you guys got a lot out of this episode. Please, please do me the favor of liking, sharing, subscribing to the channel, share it with someone who you think can benefit from the information. If you are looking for a real estate advisor or coach and you need some recommendations, I'm more than happy to be that source and refer you or at least point you in the right direction if my team is not able to facilitate the needs that you specifically have. I want to see you guys winning, investing, and successful. I want to see you guys having the fun in the time luxury that you deserve to have and provide for your family and children. I know for me, it's huge. It's everything. I love to travel. I love my family. I love my children and I love my husband. And there's absolutely nothing more that I would do than to continue to grow our portfolio to allow that love to live, right? And live more abundantly because we have the time freedom that allows us to enjoy each other, not just tolerate each other. (laughs) Okay. So live more. Okay. Do more so that you can have more. And until next episode, you guys stay happy, healthy, safe, and well. And if you have any questions at all, please, please don't hesitate to reach out. Love, peace, and happiness. I want you guys to have all that you are striving for. So peace and blessings until next episode. You guys be great.